Welcome to the Smarter MSP Podcast, helping MSPs build better businesses one discussion at a time. Welcome to the fourth episode of the Smarter MSP Podcast. Once again, we're your hosts, Ken Bartlett and Sophie Robinson. We mentioned in our first episode the importance of security and how it will play out in 2021. In today's episode, I'm excited to cover what, what are some of the multi-layered security services that MSPs should be including in their service offerings and how they can achieve this with their security solution stack. I'm excited to bring today two guests, so we're excited uh, for that. Um, our first guest is Bob Andrews at Computer Logistics Corporation. Bob is the CEO of Computer Logistics, an MSP located in California. Computer Logistics has provided mission-critical enterprise and government IT support throughout California since 1986. In his role, Bob leads Computer Logistics client services and executive team with extensive experience in the managed IT services industry. Our second guest is Brian Babineau, Senior Vice President and General Manager for Barracuda MSP. Brian is responsible for the company's managed services business and a dedicated team focused on enabling partners to easily deliver affordable IT solutions to customers. Bob and Brian, thank you for joining us today. Can you tell us a little bit about yourselves? Hi, Bob Andrews, Computer Logistics. Um, uh, I've been in the industry since 2000. I started my career with Computer Logistics. Thought that the grass was greener and went to a few other MSPs. It was, it wasn't, by the way. And um, I came back after doing some consulting, ran into Computer Logistics uh, current CEO and uh, started a, a small consulting uh, gig with them and knew as soon as I walked in the door that um, you know I, I needed to come back and finish what I had started. So uh, I did that about six years ago and, and here I am uh, back at it and, and really you know loving it. So. That's awesome. So I really appreciate Bob joining and thank you, Ken and Sophie for hosting both of us. Uh, just a little bit about myself personally, uh, based on the East Coast, I flight away from uh, the Bay Area or uh, where I spent 10 years living and then returned back to Boston. I'm on my sixth year leading Barracuda's MSP division, uh, where we have built up quite a uh, growth engine within Barracuda to help service support and innovate in the service provider marketplace. What I'm really excited about is introducing products that kind of bring, start to bring together our data protection, our email security, and our remote monitoring and management solutions into a security-centric perspective, helping our partners actually deal with what we think is going to be probably their most persistent challenge for a while going forward, which is cybersecurity risks and the, and the business threats and the business disruption that, uh, that they can cause. Excellent. Well, thank you, Brian and Bob, for a little background there and joining us today. We're excited to have you. Yeah, absolutely. It's lovely to lovely to speak to you guys. I'm going to uh, I'm going to start today just talking about some trends that we've seen uh, over the past couple of you know months, years, however long we've you know we've been doing this for. Um, <laughs> but the ones that are kind of predominant now are you know remote working, and we all know that remote work is here to stay. Businesses are expediting their digital transformation to survive. Uh, we are seeing double-digit growth in cloud adoption. And at the same time, we're also seeing some of the largest, most sophisticated cyber attacks to date. Guys, 
Bob, to start with, how has all of this impacted MSPs and the services that you're offering? I can tell you that it really uh, sped things up on all fronts. We as MSPs needed to secure our, our own environments and employees first. And we made a, a huge investment in kind of overhauling kind of our stack and our standards uh, five, six years ago. And it really did, it, it paid off for us. Inside of that stack, we're a firm believer in eat your own dog food. So a lot of what we were doing already kind of came, uh, came in handy. And then from a client perspective, it really sped up upgrade broadband projects, upgraded to workloads to the cloud because they realized, wait a minute, everything, everything that computer logistics been telling me, yeah, that's right. Hey, from home, it's really going to be hard. So, it, and then you couple that with all of the security events, you know, you start looking at even recent ones, you know, the exchange attack, we had only one on exchange. Uh, recent water district breaches, uh, that's huge for us in our region. Uh, the email attacks are constant, obviously. Um, it really opened up a lot of doors because they're realizing, you know, their their employees are at home and that's a huge gaping hole for them. I mean, you got teenagers at home, you got everyone at home type of thing. So I think, Bob, you make a phenomenal point of the situation that we're currently uh, hopefully towards the end of driven by the pandemic, you, you mentioned the word acceleration is I think everybody was running their business at their own pace. Uh, and I, you know, from my, from the chair that I sit in, we were running our business and we have a lot of offices, a lot of camaraderie and a lot of productivity working and helping each other, whether it be real-time education, even better access. You know, we don't have employees fiddling around with VPN connections when they're inside of one of our locations. And then all of a sudden things changed and we had to accelerate what the new norm was going to be for from our own standpoint. But in our and that quickly took a backseat to accelerating our own portfolio and some of our services and what we what we needed to do on the security side for clients like you. Because while we were all from making that transition. I think you appropriately highlighted the risk profile to small businesses and MSPs alike was astronomical. The attacks early on in the March and uh, April timeframe last year around what the pandemic was about. I think employees were more susceptible than they've ever been because they were working from chaos and, you know, we're getting their family set up, getting their own businesses running trying to apply for government help in certain situations. They would click on anything or circumvent good security practices if you want it and if you wish. There, there was an acceleration from our standpoint to try to keep our workforce safe, but at the same time, we had to make sure that our MSP business, specifically our MSP partners, were ready to deal with the onslaught of the attacks that were starting to happen uh, at a most vulnerable state. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's that's great because it leads on to my next question, which is what are you, what, what, what are your recommendations for MSPs uh, in this climate? What are the kind of security solutions that an MSP must have to protect their SMB customers? Sophie, I, I appreciate you bringing it up. And uh, <laughs> I think Bob's perspective on this will be great. I, what we hear from our clients and Bob's peer group is, you know, the world is not the same that it was 15, 16 months ago. Applications are running in the cloud. They're not in a data center in a central office, mostly because uh, those are harder to access. So technologies like virtual private networks have given way to mobile security. 
Um, not to say that VPNs have to go away, but they have to be augmented. Something's changed. An earlier part of uh, Paul's response, he mentioned an exchange server attack that was recently proliferated through the marketplace. We saw a lot of clients go into Office 365 because Exchange is, again, an on-premise or a centralized application, didn't necessarily take advantage of cloud. So I think what we realized that security couldn't be a separate set of offerings that had to be part of your remote monitoring and management strategy. It had to be part of your email uh, protection solution categories and your service option. More than likely, you had to establish some sort of help desk and security operations um, where you're either doing some remediation or um, response. Uh, And then I would just say the last part that we suggest to MSPs is that the education component, which is, I don't think any of us are always are going to stand up and say, boy, we feel staffed and our employees are the most educated and we can stop. We don't need to teach them anything anymore. Uh, and there is an ongoing component that the security education, the staffing and the education requirement for the staffing has to be uh, fairly real time and committed to. Otherwise, you just, you know, you feel like you're falling behind as a, not only as a solution provider, but I would assume as a service provider. But I, I would tag on to that, that email training and awareness is huge. And it is probably the a blaring gaping hole in most of our clients. They don't take it necessarily serious. Let's back up. Some of them do, but then others don't. And it's, and it's amazing. The, you know, we'll, we'll run those you know, phishing emails. Some organizations, it, it doesn't matter how much training we do. It's, okay, you can't click on that. That, that is undoing all the security that we have there. So to that point, I, I, I completely, hands down, agree on that. Bob, I would love to get your uh, take on the lens of security. How has it changed quickly? You mentioned you didn't have too many clients on Exchange. Uh, did you move a lot of clouds over, uh, a lot of applications to the cloud or use more mobile-friendly you know, applications or do some shifts for your clients in the last 15, 16 months? Yeah, we did actually quite a bit of that. So even though we're in Northern California, you would think .com or in the Bay Area, we are not. We're we're just north of of SAC, so it's definitely a rural feel up here. And broadband, broadband's a an issue. It's it's a sound cliche, but it's a hybrid approach for most of this because we do have um, certain applications on prem that just one would be too costly to run to the cloud, and and the other is just if we were to lose power and or internet, you know, they would be dead in the water. So there's been a, all that broadband increasing that we did with most of our clients, a lot of the, the other um, cloud perspective, there was a lot of hybrid situations, which we had to find solutions for, for the most part. So it was, it was, it was really interesting, interesting to, to be on our side with that. Yeah, we saw the same thing happen in the marketplace, which is you just couldn't stand still. Speaking of uh, Brian, you mentioned obviously a strong emphasis on security and sounds like, you know, an emphasis on proactive security as far as not just setting it, forgetting it. This is an ongoing moving target. End users are a constant liability here. So as we as we shift that focus, Brian, you, you meant to, you hinted on bringing technology to the table that's uh, sort of new and cutting edge um, earlier on in the presentation. So how do you see zero trust fitting into an MSP's security stack? You know, zero, zero trust, Ken, is uh, 
the industry buzzword, I think when you kind of peel peel it back a little bit and understand what that what it's trying to what that acronym is trying to accomplish, it's it change of mindset. So I first I would first say, you know, what Bob highlighted was look, some applications moved, you know, some stayed on prem, some moved, some went to a hybrid approach. Accessibility was key, and then you layer on the security uh, aspect of it. So there was some change, and what I believe that uh, the managed service provider community has to understand when they see something that kind of could be intimidating because it's a new technology or might only apply to enterprises um, where you need to have, a, you know, you need to have a, a different approach than a conventional VPN access. And they say, oh, this zero trust thing, it must be expensive. It must be complicated because I just move all my things to the apps and now I need to do something different. The reality is you probably need to do something that is different. And, and the reason being is, uh, again, there's a market catalyst for change, which is MSPs tend to have, have operated where they get to issue a device, whether it to be you or Sophie. Uh, we give you a laptop computer. Um, we have control over that. We know what goes on it. Then the last 13 months, uh, not to pick on you, Ken, but I don't know if you how you accessed our network. You, was, it, was it a home computer that you used? Were you at your a family's residence where you had to do some work and it was theirs? Uh, did you use an iPad that wasn't issued by the company? I couldn't necessarily trust that the device that you were on uh, accessing our network, unless it had our technology on it, which I hope you got a good deal on. I couldn't trust that your device wasn't, you know, that, that home computer didn't have viruses on it. And as soon as it connected into one of our key applications, it didn't download a payload. And so I, I think, you know, what it boils down to is there was something, something happened in the market it was real. It required a change. And one of that, cha that change was we can clearly identify an individual. We give credentials to have them in. We give them permissions and access permissions. What Zero Trust was, we don't know the device and we don't know if the, if the device is you know, not protected, should it have restricted access? If it is protected, should we give it full access? Connecting through a Starbucks wireless connection, should it be limited to not have personal information? Rather than assume trust for everything that Ken's doing, we say we trust Ken, but let's just verify his devices and make sure that we control what's on there. And that's how, you know, uh, it feels long-winded on the podcast, but that's how I explain what zero trust is to our partner community, which is we have a lot of technology out there to verify who the individual is, but we don't have a lot of technology out there to verify that the device is fully secured and can be properly managed and controlled especially when that device wasn't issued by the company. It's almost unconventional to, you know, flip that and, and not trust the user explicitly with a persistent access into the mm -hmm. corporate network and data, but to, you know, constantly reassess that and now consider that not just are the credentials important, but the device that could have a key logger on it that could circumvent uh, other checks and balances in the system. Bob, I'm curious, do you have any thoughts there on, on your experience with this, this sort of zero trust shift? Well, the, the main thought is that vendors, and I'm not picking on anyone, uh, the ones on this call, absolutely fine. We've, we've seen nothing on, on our side, but we tried another vendor early 2020, right before shelter in place. It, it was supposed to be two weeks, right? And I think we were supposed to flatten the curve. And this was, why don't we just go ahead and roll this out? Cause this, this seems good, this zero trust. I've never rolled back 
one so quick, then um, something that you roll out and, and not a whole lot of, it, it's just the wrong time to do something like that. We had staff disruption to your point. It was difficult for them. I mean, here they are at home trying to get stuff done and we're not trusting them. So I think I look back on that, probably should have paused it a little bit and uh, rolled out a little bit, a little bit later as things settled down. But um, we did have one non-typical client for us that, that rolled out. Um, it was an IT person that we do kind of a co-managed uh, agreement with and it was flawless and it helped them. But they, from a budget perspective too, that was also tough. You, know, you kind of, you look back on it and go, it was two weeks, right? We were supposed to get back to normal and we were going to talk to him about the, it was a slight increase in the monthly, but it's tough to roll something out, have some difficulties and then talk about price. It was nominal, but it was still, you know, budgets were in flux and the, the future was rocky. So that was, you know, feet on the street for us. And I look at it now as a lot of vendors that we have right now are kind of bolting on or are coming up with zero trust angles inside of their software. So I think as a managed service provider, just, you know, keep in contact with your vendors and, and keep up to date with this crazy vendor world that's constantly merging and acquiring and, you know, keep up to date on that. And I, I bet you it's, it's going to be right around the corner for us. Bob, Bob go ahead, Ken. I was, I was, let, let me ask a follow-up if I might. Bob, sure, you, sure. Had a motiv- you had a motivation right at the beginning of, of the pandemic to try something with zero trust. What was the motivation mm-hmm. Was it because these devices were coming on and your RMM solution wasn't on those devices? Yeah. So sure. <laughs> out there is we we're scared as hell, right? Like mm-hmm. this was, we had people coming to us going, Hey, pretty much all the staff is going to go home. We're like, uh, and we were just in talks to do this. And I was like, well, and I'm a firm believer in going to our clientele on those quarterly business reviews and saying, Hey, we're thinking about this. What do you think? And we had a couple, one was, well, actually two of them were a nonprofit, but the, the one that really took on this nonprofit has no problem with, with adding, they have very adequate, adequate uh, budgets. So money wasn't the problem there. The other one was a nonprofit with a lot of budget issues. They were going to get the budget, but just wasn't, wasn't going to work then. Sorry, someone's trying to call. But the second phase of, of that was the worry that here we are at home and and we we've got to do something different for the security of those going home because their infrastructure for that one nonprofit without the budget was scary. Like we had long in the tooth servers. We had just taken them over six months before that. A lot of security holes were there with the CEO that came from a, a, a bank background. But we, we, what we didn't realize was the end user pushback. You know, mm-hmm. uh, We got ourselves into some dynamics that I think we didn't expect. So I, I think that's my, my two cents to other MSPs is in those QBRs, make sure that you know, you've tested it internally. You've maybe test it with someone else, but, you know, be careful on, on who you, who you roll this out to and when you roll out. And obviously for us, I look back and like I said, I, I didn't think we were pandemic level. I obviously two weeks, we were supposed to flatten the curve. Everything was fine. You know, I look back and I probably a couple of days with my head in hand going, what or what, what are we doing here? 
you know, it's, it, it was tough. We're seeing a lot more, okay, unmanaged has a zero trust policy, unmanaged has a, I would say, full trust policy. And I think your ability, service providers' ability to monetize both of those situations is, yeah. is an opportunity, but it's also a responsibility because you're going to have all situations where you have control and where you don't have control and you want to make sure security kind of overlays both of them, right? Well, and we were, I didn't, it's interesting to be managed service provider and you're cleaning things up and getting them to your standards and everything's running smooth. And then to roll out something that's whitelisting applications and ring fencing and they're not used to it. Right. Mm -hmm. And then here you, you layer on top of that, the pandemic, and uh, it was a perfect storm of, of uh, some really bad feedback. So, you know, we promptly undid that and waited. And we're, we're going through transition on most security items. We're constantly talking internally about what's working, not working. That one showed us maybe going to our vendors before rolling out something new, going to our vendors and saying, because we found some of the, the same things that we rolled out were in some of the other applications that we had. We just, they charge you a full 100% for that software, but if you're only using 10% of it, you're not keeping up to date on what they've changed. It doesn't bode well. So you should go back to your vendors that you have right now and, and, and make sure that you're not missing anything is, is my two cents. Thanks for the color there. Yeah, that's, um, that's great, guys. And thank you so much for, for taking your time out, Bob and Brian, um, to, to be with us today and give us your, your insight into, um, into what's new and, and what's, what's coming up in the, in the world of cybersecurity. So, yeah, really, really great. And thank you to all of our listeners that have, um, have been listening to us over the, over the past couple of episodes and especially this one. Hopefully you guys have gained something from that. Um, in our next episode, we will be discussing the latest developments around remote monitoring and management tools. So stay tuned for that and we'll speak to you all again soon. For daily insights delivered directly to your inbox, subscribe to smartermsp.com.